Hi, we are relationship specialists, Dan and Carol Oler. Our habitual use of words programs our mind to think, speak, and behave in certain ways. This programming is often unconscious and incongruent, causing conflict and stress. One of these words is selfish. Since this podcast series is focused on relationships by design, let's talk about reframing the word selfish to self-full and the effects that reframing can have in our relationships. We have been really working on and consciously choosing to be more aware of the, the words that we say, and we've been noticing our thoughts a little bit more, and we've been also noticing the words that others use. And one of the words that I've become really aware of, and I probably can say, you know, based on our conversations, you have as well as the word selfish and noticing where I use it towards myself and perhaps towards others and where I hear it when I am I'm dealing with other people as well. And we hear that out in our world in a lot of places. And I think that it's, a, it's an interesting word for us to explore. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about the word selfish. I hear it in a couple of ways. As I mentioned, I hear it towards myself, you know, where I judge myself as being selfish to you know, why? Well, I can't do that. That would be selfish. And I also hear it of one person towards another. And I, I wonder if we could explore that piece first. Yeah, I think that that the word selfish in its on its own is a judgment. It's a judgment of self or others, a judgment of less than in some way. And so if I'm judging you as selfish, it's uh, putting a a negative spin on things right away. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I recognize is if I'm judging you for being selfish. So for example, if I am going, oh, it's such a selfish thing. You're going out cross-country skiing. And here I am with my sleeves rolled up, working away at whatever I'm doing. Oh, poor me. Like, how dare you go off cross-country skiing right now? That's so selfish. It's an interesting thought. And, and really what it means is not that I'm being a selfish necessarily, but there's some sort of a expectation, an unmet need, an unmet desire, something within you that I'm not feeling. Mm-hmm. And, and I see it as being a void in myself. So, and, and again, that can come out in two ways. One, you're not meeting my expectations, as you said. So really what I wanted was you to sit and visit with me or you to help me with something or you to do something for me. I haven't communicated that necessarily. And so it's like my judgment then is, oh, you're so selfish. I think that that you just said something so important is that something's not communicated. So if I have some unmet needs, unmet wants, it's probably because I've, first off, haven't communicated with you about them. You know, I've thought about them. I've ran through the scenario time and time in my, again, in my mind, it should be very clear that if you loved me, you would know what to do or how to treat me. Yeah. If you loved me, that's an interesting concept. So the selfish piece there, it's, a you know, when we hear that judgment, you know, for example, if you were to think that or say that to me, or I hear it from somebody else, um, um, it's a good f- point for me to reflect on myself and what's going on for me. And the flip side, though, is so important is if I let out the word selfish about you or someone else, that's a really good point for me to be stop and be conscious and aware about what's the void inside. What What is it that I'm wanting and needing or what is it that I'm not communicating that I need to be honest about? Mm-hmm. And that void inside is a, a piece that 
when I am looking at someone else and calling them selfish to reflect back on that. If I haven't like the example of you going skiing, perhaps I want to be out skiing too, or I want to go for a walk or I want to, but I feel like, Oh, there's just so much to do. I'm really in that victim mentality. Absolutely. Of, well, you know, I can't do that. There's just so much to do that, but there you are doing it. Poor me. Yeah. And so it's, it's reflecting back maybe not even, you know, stuff that expectations of you, but it's reflecting back to me that I am not doing some things that I really want to do. It absolutely relates back to that dreaded drama triangle that we've talked about before. So the whole idea of, of me saying that you're selfish, it's not that you're doing selfish at all. Really, it's me that's not taking care of myself. Uh-huh, uh-huh, which really leads to the other aspect of it. So, you know, that one is about me looking at someone else and calling them selfish. The other is when I have that in my own mind of, oh my goodness, I couldn't do that. That would be such a selfish thing to do. I just feel like having a nap. Oh, wow. That would be so selfish because of, and then there's all these stories or, or go out and have some exercise or just sit and look out the window or whatever that is. Mm. Yeah. And it's, again, it's about unmet expectations of ourselves and probably we haven't stopped to really think about them and communicate them, you know, to, for me, even to work long, long hours, you know, the word selfish doesn't come to mind when I'm doing it. And yet at some level, there must be something there because I'm thinking, well, there are a lot of other important things that I've got to get done. So I can't take some time for myself to just sit or to go to bed early or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or to go out and ski, which yeah. is something you love to do. Yeah. And I think for me, as I, as I get in touch with this and I hear the word or the feeling, like you said, it may not be the word that pops up. However, the void part is within when there's that unmet something or other within me. It's an opportunity to take a look and say, well, what impulses have I overridden? You know, what things have I, when I thought, oh, it would be fun to, or I'd really like to, or something along those lines, then I've said, oh no, but I can't do that because of. I wonder if, you know, hearing that voice inside, you know, know, I'd really like to go for a walk, or I'd really like to go for a ski, or I'd really like to, whatever it happens to be, if, if we're honest with ourselves, if that sort of comes from an inner intuition, uh, something inside of us, and yet it's ego that says, oh, no, I can't do that. I need to do this instead. And it could be an avoidance mechanism too, you know, I mean, and I think the big piece is to get in touch and say, is it that ego piece that's saying, no, 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 I can't do that because of, or perhaps it truly is, (laughs) well, if I did that, I am just avoiding what needs to be done. And yet that's a totally different conversation for right now. It's when truly I've overridden that impulse using my ego, mm-hmm. I've, I've said, oh, no, no, I can't do that because. And so, you know, I think about some of the underlying pieces of that. It may be that I'm not worthy. You know, I, I just really don't deserve to have that time for myself. I haven't worked hard enough yet. I think there are two, two um, big things, you know, I'm not enough or I'm not good enough. And a lot of the rest of it sort of falls under those two categories. And then we start to feel guilt or we feel resentment or we feel, you know, 
we self-sabotage ourselves. We, as you said, avoid doing things that we would like to do or that help us to feel good. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to go exercise, to go for a walk, to go skiing, something like that, that part of it might be to get some exercise to keep our bodies in good shape. And yet it could be easy to say, well, no, nah, I'll just procrastinate. I won't bother to do uh-huh. that because of all this other stuff, which is a not good enough. Yeah. And then the interesting piece how that spins out for me anyways, is that then others can be really kind to me. They can offer me compliments. They can, you know, be really supportive of me, but because I haven't been supporting myself, then I don't even receive that. It's, it's like, you know, you can say nice stuff and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just kind of discount it. It's kind of, you had an example of a bucket. It's kind of like that. I read a book a number of years ago, a cute children's book where it talked about each one of us having a love bucket. And so, you know, the idea is that I have a love bucket and that's my own and you have a love bucket and I can put things, if I choose, I can put things into your love bucket that help you to have your bucket full so that you feel good about yourself, so that you're confident and, and you know, you treat others with kindness when your bucket is, is full. Well, then, well, even if it isn't, you know, we tend to, when we're feeling good about ourselves, we tend to do nice, kind, respectful, loving things to ourselves and others. Now, I can also keep my love bucket full by myself, you know, by being mm. kind to myself, by, you know, getting exercise and drinking water and eating well and eating sleeping well, and being out in nature and, and all of those sorts of things that are kindness to self, which adds things to my love bucket. But I think what happens, you know, the, what wasn't described in that book and, and which is based on this idea of selfish is that we can have I think we choose to punch little holes in our butt <laughs> at some in some way. And so if I keep avoiding things or not treating myself well, I'm poking little holes in my love bucket. And even though you might be putting things in that love bucket, it just leaks out. And if I'm not putting things in the love bucket, things leak out. So it's, it's up to me to make sure that my love bucket is solid and it's there, there are no holes or few holes. And if there are holes, they're not great big gaping Mm -hmm. holes where everything just runs out. Yeah, it's like uh, the patchwork is my job. The the keeping the bucket solid. The it's like uh, the cleaning of the inside of the house, so to speak. Mm -hmm. That's my responsibility. Nobody else can do that for me. No. And so I recognize that part of that is about some of those beliefs and thoughts that I have. You talked about ego, sort of the the those things are things that are punching. You know, I I got a picture of somebody in there with a little awl, you know, tapping on the sides of the bucket. Mm -hmm. So the first thing I guess is I should put down the awl. (laughs) And secondly, it's my job to fill those up, you know, to, 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 to patch them up. And I recognize that when I choose not to do that and, and stuff is leaking out, that it has such an impact on everything that I do. Yeah. And some of those holes, I believe, are created by beliefs that we have from 
years ago in our past, you know, things that we've been told or that we've learned from parents or siblings or at school or from friends or our workplaces. And we take on those beliefs as absolutely true, which are really negative things about ourselves. And so those holes are a little, first, they're hard to identify. And secondly, they're maybe a little more challenging to patch because it takes a continual recognition of when they show up and being willing to say, okay, that's not me anymore. Here's what I, here's my, my belief Mm. instead. And I guess one of the things for me that I I like, although it's also like big is the recognition that I do have the control. I've bought into those beliefs. The other people were doing the best that they could. It wasn't their fault that I've got those beliefs. However, I took that and I said, Oh, on some level, I will take that in and that will be, I'll own it. It's now mine. It became an unconscious, unwritten rule that we live our lives by. Yeah. And yet, if that's the case, I can also choose the opposite. I can choose to identify it and go, okay, thank you. That was great for then. But right now that's not working for me. So I'm going to choose something different. That's easy to say, a little harder to do because that takes that awareness. It's about being aware of our feelings, you know, when we're feeling great about ourselves or when we're feeling less than because chances are when we're having some of those less than feelings, it's some of those old beliefs that are coming up and we're allowing those to rule our lives rather than choosing something different that gives us a a more joyous and more passionate a more uh-huh. loveful result yeah and i was thinking about we regularly hear from couples well if he or she would just do this or you know if they would you know something and when i they say that i hear oh then the expectation is the other person is supposed to be filling things up and and it is a lack of recognition of uh, what part of this is my in within my control? Which is exactly what you talked about before, about the victim mentality. Yeah. I can't do it. It's up to you to fill those holes for me and yeah. for you to make sure my love bucket is full. I have no control in this at all. Uh, and so one of the things that we often talk about with couples, and I sometimes forget to apply with myself, which, you know, is interesting, <laughs> <laughs> is the idea of baby steps. The idea that what could I do today or in this moment that is slightly different? You know, as I recognize, okay, I got a void going on inside. I've been punching some holes. And what can I do that would be a little bit towards patching? Yeah, to be able to recognize those things and take a breath, think about it. That's not the way I want to live my life now. Maybe that was in the past. But moving forward, it's going to be different. And so I'm going to choose to do this instead. And I just thought of something as you said that, as I took a breath when you said that, I was thinking there's a step before even the, in the past is the idea of, is this true? So I've been telling myself, whatever, is it true? You know, is, is it true that I'm have to get all this work done before I go for a walk? Is that really true? Is it true that if I don't do all these things on that I've said I would do, that I'm a lesser person? So the question of myself is, is that statement that I'm making really a true statement? We make assumptions as as well. Let me give you an example. So I was raised, my mom and dad, amazing, incredible, beautiful people. They did so much 
and continue to do so much continual love coming from uh-huh. him all the time. I was raised, you know, raised on the farm and the idea is do chores, do work. And reading was not something that was really a, a common thing for us in our family. And in fact, I grew to un, to believe that, you know, if I took half an hour or five minutes or half a day to read a book, I mean, it would be maybe okay if it was some sort of a really educational book that was going to be teach me how to farm a little bit better <laughs> or something like that. Maybe that would be okay. But otherwise, to just read a novel or something like that, that was absolutely a waste of time. It's a lazy thing. My The story I told myself was I was being lazy if I did that. And so it, that continually haunts me even to today. If I sit to, to read for a while, there's that little thing in the back of my mind saying you should be getting up and go do something that's more productive instead. So it's there's an example of how, how I need to be able to override that and to be able to take that time to care for myself, to fill my own love, love bucket, to patch uh-huh. that little hole. And interestingly, I was raised very differently. Reading was something that we valued and was done regularly in our home starting in the morning with a newspaper and ending the evening with a book and variety of reading in between. And yet, when you and I got together, and I don't think you ever really said it, that you know reading was something I shouldn't do, I picked up on that. And I can remember that there were times that I'd be reading and I'd hear you coming and it's like, oh, I got to put my book away and look like I'm doing something, go pretend I'm vacuuming. or And... You know, interesting that I chose to take that belief that you had and and do something with it. And, and, you know, (laughs) it's funny how contagious these these beliefs can be unintentionally. Well, if we could figure this out and and other people could figure it out, we wouldn't have any work to do because (laughs) when we coach with couples, that's almost always the sorts of stuff that are at the root of what causes challenges in a Uh relationship. And so when we have no couples to work with, because we've all got this figured out, wouldn't it be fun to just kind of sit with those people and have a cup of coffee or go for a walk with them or, (laughs) or just, you know, it's not because we're, we're work colleagues, we're, we're just friends, you know? (laughs) Well, and you know, the, the interesting piece too, is as far as how it, the results that it creates in our lives, you know, when, when, when I'm allowing my, the love to leak out of my bucket, I'm scattered. Um, I don't sleep well. I probably don't eat properly. I don't take time to exercise. I have stuff that's going on in my mind all the time. I can't stay on track. I'm living in the past or living in the future rather than now. All of that kind of stuff. Can I add to that? I also then am more defensive, more you know, volatile, angrier, faster, less positive, you know, more, (laughs) not as nice to be around. And we allow outside things to trigger those, the anger, the frustration, Mm -hmm. all of the rest of that, the weather, the, what some, what you do is something that you do will trigger it. And, and it's really the self full part is for me to then to fill, recognize it and fill my own bucket and patch my own hole. I like that word self full. So that's kind of like a reframe of selfish. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So instead of thinking of it as selfish, to think it as self-full, to be aware of these things and patch my own holes, and also to be 
self, uh, selfful part is also to be giving those, to be thinking and saying and doing things that are kind and respectful and loving to others as well. Hmm. As I hear that word, I, I just sat back again and took another breath. And I was thinking about when I tell myself that I'm being selfish, what might happen if I just stopped for a moment? First of all, recognize it like we've talked about. And to ask myself, is, is that true? Am I really being selfish? And what if? What if I were really being self-full instead? How might that impact my choices? And just thinking about that, I feel energized to say, yes, it's, it's about honoring myself and knowing that in investing in myself to you know, patch the holes, as we've said, or to fill my own love bucket, that I'm a better person for it. I'm nicer. I'm more kind. I'm, I'm willing to do things for people and, and for myself. And I think I'm more effective in every, every area of my life. Oh yeah, Carol, that's easy to talk about. (laughs) Think about this. So I, I can just hear, you know, others thinking as they hear this, well, well, if I were to really listen to my intuition and fill those holes, you know, I'm going to become a wreck because then I'm going to eat nothing, nothing but chocolate all day because that's what I'm, <laughs> doing and I'm treating myself well. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to ski all day and I'm going to exercise all day and I'm going to spend days out in nature and I'm going to do all of these things because I just want to do them. And that's being self-full. I think that if we really listen to ourselves, that would only happen, sure, that might happen for a few moments or maybe a day or two, but eventually it would be if I'm continually listening to myself inside and filling those buckets, my own bucket, patching the holes and filling my bucket, soon I would be living my life in you know, kindness and love and respect and harmony. Mm-hmm. And I pictured myself going to those extremes as you were talking about them. I don't see myself doing that. I see myself probably being more balanced by by being full of love and that in those moments where I, I go out for a walk, I'm going to come, I'm going to say, okay, that was good. Now I'm ready to go back and really get at that project I was working on and, you know, complete the, the thing that I was doing on the computer or whatever it is. And to just out linger outside walking wouldn't fulfill me. I, I, at some point I'm going to go, okay, enough of that. The selfful part is to move on to the next activity and focus and get it done. And then I can move into whatever. And the food part, is this the right thing to eat? Well, I could have a little bit, but I don't have to have the whole thing. So when you're outside, you might as well chop some wood. I could. <laughs> and I guess if, it, if that felt like the thing to do, I could. Hmm. I think coming back to the love bucket, I think that our, our bucket never overflows. It's all, it's all we can choose to make, keep it full and to keep the bucket patched so there are no holes. And I think that when we get to that point where our bucket is full, it helps us to be more, to give more out. Huh. Whatever I've got, I give it out. You know, I'm kinder. I'm more respectful to myself and others. And it's an abundance sort of a mentality. It's huh. coming from, so rather than the victim mentality that we talked about in the dreaded drama triangle, it's coming from that creator mode, that creator mentality, which is the empowerment dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, and when I'm in that flow of living my life from that creator mentality, then I'm more focused. 
I'm more productive. I'm more kind to myself and others. I'm living in the present and really being here and now with you or with others or in what the project that I'm working on. And, you know, I recognize I've had times when I've been there. And then I just was thinking about when things are going well like that, my, you know, self-talk is better and all the rest of that. I'm more productive. I'm all those things. And yet at some point I stop doing that. I, I, and I'm curious about what might get in the way when things are going along like that. Why would I ever stop? Maybe we're afraid of being truly big, truly magnificent, truly powerful. Hmm. And I, when you say that, I, what, why would anybody ever be afraid of that? And I think I truly am because perhaps that would push people away or, you know, that one of the things I truly appreciate and, and strive for is I want to be loving and to be loved. And if I'm pushing away people that love me through what I'm doing, if, if that's perhaps, um, what's the word where it's, it's making them feel less because they're not living up to their stuff. That could be part of it. I know intimidating in, was the word. Intimidating. I know that in some of the personal development work that we've done, and oftentimes working with couples, you know, part of what happens as they're making those changes, or if we've made the changes, you start to some of your friends, some of the people that you normally relate to, you don't just don't sort of connect the same way anymore. You know, as we grow to become bigger and more powerful, some of our relationships it's not like they you avoid them or you know that they fall apart but maybe we just start to attract different kinds of people and different situations that allow us to be bigger and more magnificent in our world and i think in addition to that i think that it gives permission to those around us to play bigger yeah. and you know i think about you and me we have had times where one of us was sort of more on the leading edge of of that own their own personal growth and and moments of you know I've felt like oh my goodness I better hurry up or I'm going to get left behind and it 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 can be an inspiration then because I so want to be with you and I want to be on the same playing field as as you were on so it inspires me to kick it up a notch I think it's an energetic thing it's a, it's a modeling you know as we model something else it affects others we hear continually from couples ones that have kids how as they're making these changes and their relationships become with themselves and with each each other become more solid and more grounded and more loving and kind and respectful that all of a sudden they notice different behaviors in their children mm -hmm. or the friends or people in their workplaces. And it's a, almost a magical thing that happens where it's energetic. But I think it's more than that. It's a modeling where people will notice consciously or unconsciously and then strive to be a little bit bigger, a little bit better. And I'm reminded when you and I were going through that personal development course in 2000, we had that um, German exchange student living with us and she would stay up. It was late when we'd get home and she would stay up and she'd say, I just want to see you when, when you get home because you always look different. And it's just like, so that was something I didn't notice, but she was noticing more of a visual change as well. So I think that it, it's all related. I think to couples that we work with who come out here for the retreats, where we work with them through the first day and they come bringing their 
whatever they're bringing. And almost always after a good night's sleep and they've been processing stuff uh-huh. in their mind and their heart, they look absolutely, totally different the next day where, you know, the lines are gone from their foreheads yeah. and wrinkles are gone and they look bright and there's a different glow of energy yeah. about them. Their eyes sparkle differently. Absolutely. So as we, you know, put all this together and, and take that information, thinking about steps, you know, the, the baby steps that we talked about, that when I catch myself, that awareness piece and recognize what's going on for myself, what are the baby steps that I can do to move towards what I really want? So I think you're, you're right on track. You know, the first part is that hearing the voice inside of our head where I might say I'm selfish or that person is selfish. And then to be able to stop, <sighs> take that good old refreshing breath yeah. that helps to clear our mind and our heart or two or three and to sort of go inside and you know, take a moment to listen, reframe that, you know, is it selfish or is it, maybe I can be self-full. How can I love myself and others in a bigger and more powerful way? So to do that reframe and, and to listen to what comes up from inside, you know, set ego aside and to be able to really listen what's coming up for us inside. What's my best step now? That's beautiful. And so that's sort of the inner work. That's the stop and reflect. And then the outer work becomes what's my best way to act on mm-hmm. that particular thing that just came up for me. How will I move forward with it? Because, again, one of the things that I've heard and I've said to myself is, oh, well, it's nice to you know do all that inner work and blah, blah, blah. But what are you going to do? Well, there truly needs to be. A, and so now, as a result of that inner work, I'm choosing to do this now, whether it's to, you know, do something to patch the the love bucket of my own. So to stop saying what I'm saying or to honor myself and to fill it up by doing some something, whatever has come up. And I, it takes courage to do that and dedication. And I think which leads to sort of a, another step, which is about letting go and surrender. You know, maybe this new baby step is might feel a little uncomfortable to start with, but to really listen to what's going on inside and to keep following through and stay dedicated to that and maybe to treat it like a bit of an experiment where I'm going to keep doing this mm-hmm. and, and just see what the results are. But to, to, to be able to let go of the, the guilt or of because that's what would have happened in the past, to, to just surrender to what's these baby steps and the results and, and let go of the rest yeah. and truly be present in it. This is where I am. Yes. I can't change the past and I'm choosing to move forward. And one of the pieces I just had a thought about as well was For some people, it may take support. Some people are great. You're one of those people that, you know, you make up your mind and you get stuff done and you just do it. And and it's one of the things I really love and admire about you. And yet I'm somebody that I recognize I do things better with people. And so, you know, as I think about, okay, I'm changing my exercise and, and wanting to be more active. It's about attracting and inviting people to join me in that process. And for me to be supportive of that process as well. Yeah, if I've asked. If you've asked. (laughs) There's the key piece. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. It is. And to recognize and celebrate the successes, the results that we see. And uh, I just know that when I do this, it helps me to feel more alive and Mm -hmm. passionate and joyful and, and to have more happiness in my life and, and uh, to really recognize that and celebrate it and appreciate it as well. 
And so, you know, I understand that this is a really, you know, sounds simple, but this is big stuff. And it takes constant, consistent, persistent work for me to apply this kind of stuff. And it can be hard. And sometimes we don't have that support. So, you know, for anybody that's having challenges in this way, you know, feeling some of that selfish I think it's a really great opportunity to reach out to a coach, uh, somebody that can help and support and be there and believe in you and uh, help you to keep keep on with those baby steps to stay truly mm-hmm. accountable and to be living more from that creator mindset. So, you know, for anybody you know, that wants to reach out, I mean, our phone is always available. Mm-hmm. We're open by email and, and, and loving to help people to do that, individuals or couples. So I think that there are all there are people, there are resources out there to help. And it, it just helps me to think about, just imagine, imagine what our lives will be like, what our world will be like when people truly reframe that selfish into selfful, to listen to their guts, their intuition, to do the things that help them to really fill their own love bucket. How effective, how amazing, how wonderful can our world be when you and I and others do that? 